Uh-huh. Let's get into it. Welcome to the candy shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Hey. Welcome to the candy shop. Whoa. Welcome to the candy shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Hey. Welcome to the candy shop. Oh, feel like we going through mad things. Gotta keep it real when they choose not. We gon' talk about it when the news drop. Welcome to the show where you know we don't fake this. Keep your opinion to yourself if it don't make sense. Hola, Podcast Nation. It's your girl, Candidly Kristen, and this is The Candid Shop. Tonight, I am super duper excited to be having a candid chit chat with transformational love coach, speaker, international best selling author, and founder of Life After Narcissism CSW Coaching, Miss Denise Cavaluskas. Denise was a special guest on the Life After a Narcissistic Relationship episode. And she is also a survivor and thriver of narcissistic abuse. Denise's mission statement is to enhance the lives of survivors of abuse. She has a clear vision for seeing the spots that exist in every stuck situation and the creativity to transform it. So welcome, 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 Denise, to the Candid Shop. Well, welcome back to the Candid Shop. Yes. Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me Um, as an individual. I... I'm so excited to share this message with your audience. I'm excited for them to hear it directly from you. So before we get into anything, let me ask you how you've been since you were last on the show with me. Fantastic. Good. good. That's Great. always good to hear. So tell me briefly, or tell my listeners rather, about your 22-year toxic relationship and when you had that aha moment that enough was enough? Well, there were moments before I had the big moment of this isn't working. And I remember approaching my 30s, actually turning 30. And really, like, everybody was like, 30s, like, so big and this and that. You know, I was 29. So 30 to me was big. (laughs) And I remember thinking, this sucks. Like, this isn't, (laughs) (laughs) this isn't like, what I thought it would be or what I dreamed love would be, a relationship would be. We had two children by then and there was just constant like bickering and arguing and and mind games and head trips and all of that. So the big moment was in 2008. By that time I was 38, eight years later. And my then husband, Uh, I told him that day that I wanted a divorce and I had said that before, but for some reason this day, it, it, I don't know, it sunk in. He, I don't know. And that was the day that he attempted to take his life with our 14 year old daughter in the next room. Right. And that was the biggest trauma that I had ever been in. And of course, when you're a parent and your children go through something like that, you've not only been through a trauma, but you've, you've been triple trauma because your children have been traumatized and you know, you feel for them because our job as parents is to love and protect them. And when that's out of control, like, so that was the big moment that I was like, this is crazy town and I can't. Yeah. And, but Kristen, I didn't leave until two and a half years after that. Well, do you think that was because you felt guilty that you caused him to do that? Or what was the thought process for staying another two years? Uh, yes, guilt, but not necessarily for him, more for my children. Got it. Because that day when that happened, you know, our daughter was in the next room. So she was the one who called 911. It was very traumatic. My son and I had left. When we came back, we, we walked into this. And so when they took him away to the hospital and they had separated all three of us and they were like asking us questions. And I was, you know, I remember my emotion back then was so pissed off. I was so pissed off. I couldn't believe that he would do something like this. It was just so over the top, so extreme. And I remember thinking I was so pissed off that I didn't even want to go to the hospital. Like, I still wanted a divorce. Right. <laughs> like, I, I didn't change okay. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, he solidified it by, by doing what he was doing. But my kids, 
my kids were 14 and 13 and they were crushed to see their dad like that, to see me like respond that way. And so that day after the the police, you know, went away and, and I cleaned up everything and then it was like, okay, uh, let's go to the hospital, mom, mom, let's go to the hospital and see dad. And at that point, I didn't know if he was even dead or alive. Honestly, I didn't know. So it was the, it was guilt that I felt for my children because mm-hmm. I honestly didn't want to go to the hospital. I really didn't. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was like, you know what I mean? Because you, he yeah. made that choice. Right. But I went, of course, because my children wanted to see their dad right. and we waited in the waiting room for hours. I remember my sister was with us and I remember a male nurse came out and he felt so bad to tell us this. He was like, I'm so sorry, but he doesn't want to see you guys. And we were like, what? Like what? He's like, I got a lot of nerve. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I said, what? Like, I was kind of like, what the hell? And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I asked him, but he, he said, no, he didn't want to see you guys. And I was like, okay, well, all right, let's go guys. Let's, let's go grab some people. Like by this time it was late at night. It had been such an exhausting day. Um, let's go grab some pizza. Let's go home. We get some pizza. I pull into the driveway. My phone rings and it's the hospital. I could tell it's a hospital number and I answer it and it's him. And he's in this very, very, very low voice. And he's like, where, where are you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm home. He's like, why aren't you here? I'm like, what are you talking about? You said you didn't want to see us. This is the mind fuckery. I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this was a constant, Mm -hmm. whether it was through a traumatization event like this, or whether it was just normal mind fuckery, it was just this type of stuff all the time. And this is what narcissistic people do, right? They always keep you, in their control by keeping mm-hmm. you confused, right? Mm-hmm. Gaslighting you, manipulating you, controlling you. So, so I said, you said you didn't want to see us. What? I would never say that. What are you talking about? And it could have been that he was drugged up because not only was he taking a cocktail of his own self-medicating pills, right. but then in the hospital, you know, if they did surgery on him, they, they sedated him and stuff like that. So it could have been that. Right. But like I said, mm. this was normal behavior from him. Right. Exactly. So that was, so that when I was 30, it was like, it was that, it was that day. And then, like I said, two and a half years later after that is when I did leave. Okay. So let me just take you back. I guess 22 years with somebody, I'm sure there was a time before that, that defining traumatic moment when you decided to leave, but were there points along the way where you thought something's wrong with him or this is not the way a real relationship is supposed to function? Did did those thoughts go through your mind and did you ever say anything to him about the treatment and the gaslighting and whatnot? Well, not necessarily that I did say to him, this is, you know, this is messed up. Like this Mm -hmm. is not normal, but I didn't, because I didn't know that I was in an abusive relationship. I didn't know he was narcissistic. I didn't know what gaslighting was. I didn't know what love bombing was. I didn't know what Mm -hmm. any of that was. But when you just asked me that, Kristen, it it reminded me of, I had just finished uh, medical assisting school and I was working in a doctor's office. And for some reason he, he was doing something because it made me go to the doctor. It was like my externship, they call it. I had such great doctors that I was working for. It was, um, they were from Trinidad and, and I went to the doctor and I was like, can you help my husband? So this was the pattern. He uh-huh. would, he would exhibit screwed up behavior and I would go in and try to save him. So mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I think he has a, a chemical imbalance in his brain right? because that's how like ludicrous his behavior was. And I think even the doctor had mentioned to me, there could be uh, a chemical imbalance. And I mean, he took plenty of chemicals <laughs> to, <Right. laughs> 
to make it imbalanced. So right, right. yeah, and that was like 19, that was like 98. So yeah, I was not even 30, I don't think. Was he ever diagnosed with a, a mental disorder like bipolar or schizophrenia or any of those things? That I don't know because yeah. when he attempted the suicide and after the hospital part, they put him in the psych ward. Mm -hmm. When they put him in the psych ward, he forbid me to have any access to his medical records because uh -huh. he was mad at me because I wouldn't bring him his pills. Got it. That he was self-medicating with. And I wouldn't bring our children to see him in the psych ward. So there's the control thing. Like, you don't do what I say. I'm going to be mad at you. I'm going to give you the silent treatment I'm, and, and I'm going to punish you for not doing what I said. Well, yeah. at that point, I was like, well, screw you. I'm not bringing my kids to a psych ward. <laughs> like, I'm right, just not. Right. That's different and I'm from not a bring, regular hospital bed. <laughs> and I'm not bringing pills because he was on suicide watch and right. when you went into the psych ward they they you had to put everything in like a locker and they pretty much like like patted me down yeah so i wasn't gonna get in trouble because he was addicted right right yeah okay. so yeah huh. so two years later you decide all right this is it we're out of here i'm sure it took some planning some careful planning Mm -hmm. But when you made the break, was that it? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. So, yes, there was planning. There was there was five, I think it was five and a half or five months of planning. So in December of 2010, my daughter came to me and said, I don't want to go to college. This is how it began. I don't want to go to college in Florida where we lived. Okay. And I was like, okay, it was kind of random to me, but I was like, okay, where do you want to go to college? And she said, I want to go to college in North Carolina. And I was like, okay, well, this is a train wreck over here. So let's, let's go. I was totally open to like, let's just pack up and go. Right. And she was graduating that following May. So okay. that was my plan from December to May because I ran his business. So any money that I could ah. get my hands on was funneled through him, whether it. it was his business account or I wrote out checks to him and I from his business. So I had to get really creative and right. how I was going to have money to leave because moving three states away costs money. Yes, it does. So <laughs> I manifested $10,000 without okay. a job, without him knowing. And that was the amount of money that I thought was a good start to like get an apartment and get some, the bills paid for a couple months so that I could find a job. Yeah. So yeah, there was a five month planning stage from finding a place to live, looking for, or at least feeling out jobs and, and, you know, the whole process of getting us there and all of that. Right. Yeah. Did your daughter ever tell you why North Carolina? Well, we, my best friend's family lives up here. Okay. Okay. So we knew, at least we knew some people here and she right. grew up with them. And, and you know how you have like really close friends and your kids grow up and they call them auntie and, and Got it. Yep. cousins and yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I, we we get a lot of to, New Jerseyers people man, here. <laughs> I go to OBX every chance I get. I love really? it. Really? the Outer Banks. Yes, indeed. Mm. We have a place so. in uh, Sneed's Ferry off of. Uh, oh, my Topsy. God. I stayed mm -hmm. in Sneed's Ferry. I was down there for. Did you? My son's best friend, who's a girl, was getting married and he was in the wedding and we all went down. We rented this little house right on the water. Oh, it was amazing. Nice. It's it beautiful. Really nice. It mm -hmm. is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, enough about me. Sorry. I'm just trying to <laughs> take over the chat. So. Fast forward, you said it wasn't the final uh, goodbye. So. Right, right, right. So that was 2011. We came here. I actually did a, a TikTok video today on three ways uh, narcissist Hoover. So we mm. came here and it wasn't even three months later when the hoovering started again. Kristen, I didn't know any of this shit. I didn't know right. what hoovering was and gaslighting right. and all of that. 
what it looked like was he contacted our daughter first and was mm -hmm. like, if you and mom come back, this will never happen again. And we'll have this amazing life. And he painted this beautiful picture of what it will be like if we come back. That was the right. answer. Right. And so she came to me and was like, mom, dad loves you so much. And he wants us back together and we're a family and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So because I was on my own financially for the first time in over 20 years. And right. even though I was doing well, I still was scared, right? Because right. it was really new. Him and I were in contact and we were going to quote unquote, start over again. Mm. And basically what that looked like was I packed up everything here in North Carolina, found a loophole in my lease and went back to Florida. Got it. And that was the end of 2011. And everybody knows how that story ends when mm -hmm. it's let's get back together. Yep. Five minutes into it, I realized, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Like this was not the move. Holy crap. Yeah. So fast forward to 2012, there was another incident, not as traumatizing. It wasn't another suicide attempt, but okay. it was... He found out that I was leaving again and he decided that the answer to me leaving was for him to get off of the cocktail of pills that he was taking. So he went psh, cold turkey off of everything he was taking. And I honestly can't even tell you what exactly he was taking. I have, I have a, an idea, but I don't mm -hmm. know for sure. Got it. I do know that you cannot do that. Right. And so what happened was, is he went into hallucinations for the next five days, five nights. And so I left again after that is basically what I'm getting at. So that was 2012. So now we're into 2012. And then I never went back. Went so back. 2022 actually marks 10 years of me being no contact and abuse free. Nice, nice. Now, what about mm -hmm. your kids? Do they have a relationship with their dad? Well, yes and no. Okay. I mean, they do, but it's not a healthy one. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Got it. Codependent so, and toxic. Yeah, and they're getting older and they I'm sure that they they are coming to their own conclusions, you know what I mean? Cuz exactly. kids grow up and they they mm -hmm. see you for who you are and not for who you say you are. Exactly. So you wrote your best-selling book, Empower the Woman Within, Stepping into Total Freedom in 2018. Was that part of your healing journey or did that come after you had done your healing? Okay, during. It was okay. during. So actually the international bestseller was a chapter that I was a part of in a book called A New Day Dawns Breaking Up with Abuse. So oh. I was a I was a co-author in that book, which okay. took me to international bestseller. But the one okay. that you're referring to, Empower the Woman Within, was is my book, and I told my story in that book. And okay. yes, and even in the book, if if people read it, they'll read like I said. I know what I'm about to. I'm not, I know what I'm about to write right now. My hands are shaking. Or I can feel my anxiety because it was. Yes, it's very therapeutic because you you're releasing it out of your body by writing it. Right. Instead of right. just thinking about it or avoid thinking about it, mm -hmm. you're actually releasing it out of your body. So, yes, 2018 I was still in my healing journey. I mean, I I consider my healing journey ongoing. I don't right. I never tell people that I'm fully healed. I'm right. way far along, but um I think I'll always be healing. Yeah. Or you should yeah. be. Yeah. 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 So when did the Life After Narcissism CSW coaching come about? Like what led you down that path? So my journey is escaping that relationship, moving here to North Carolina, having hysterical dating stories. <laughs> <laughs> I should write a book on the dating stories. Yeah, please do. And then my healing journey was, I don't know, accidental, which there's no such thing. But what I mean by that is that I didn't go into like, oh, 
I was in an abusive relationship. Let me heal from that. It was, mm. oh, I want freedom. I want to start my own business because like mm. I said, I ran his business in Florida yeah. and I had a taste of that freedom of not having a J-O-B or right. boss or anything like that. So yeah. when I came here, I had to have a job and I went and did what I did, which was medical sales. But mm -hmm. then I was like, I really want to like have the laptop life. I want right. to like sit poolside and like right. coach people or, or whatever, mm -hmm. make money is my idea then. Got it. So that led me to a business coach had mm -hmm. shown up on my feed and she's saying she's very attractive. And she was saying, I can teach you how to create an online business in seven days. Just put your name and your email address here. And, uh -oh. and uh, <laughs> so Kristen, for your audience, my hair is blonde and it's that way for a reason because <laughs> I fell for it. And I was like, okay, okay. free. <laughs> so long story short, I went into her one, one year program and she showed us how to create an online audience. And so from that led me into, oh, a coach. I can be a coach. I can coach people. I can coach women. So that evolved into teaching women how to heal from narcissistic abuse. And it, and for a long time, it was just healing from narcissistic abuse because I was okay. in my healing journey and that's what I could provide to them. Then okay. I found love and got okay. married. Nice. And in a healthy relationship in my 40s. Nice after 22 year toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. So then it was so funny because I remember I, I was in bed and I had my laptop and I said to my, he wasn't my husband then, but my husband now, I, he had poked his head into the bedroom and I was like, babe, do you mind if I, this was December, 2017. I remember this so well because of the next thing that happened. I said, do you mind if I start pulling you into my business and like start talking about like, true love after toxic love and, mm -hmm. and our relationship. And he was like, yeah, of course I don't, I don't mind. Mm -hmm. Well, that December 31st, he proposed to me on a St. Oh. Petersburg, Florida beach. Nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's how it's all evolved. So mm -hmm. not only do I, I coach women, and men uh, how to heal from the narcissistic abuse that they've had okay. in their relationships, but also how they can have a healthy, thriving relationship, even if they've only experienced toxic relationships in the past. Got it. So I love it. Yeah. That's so, where the life after narcissism comes from. Got it. I love that. I love the site. And is that your husband on the site in the pictures with yep. you? I'm, I'm guessing it is because you're all hugged yes. up. So. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So on the site, something caught my eye. There's a little blurb on there that says, this is not your average heal from toxic love coaching site. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what she means by that. And then you said, you have a key in all caps ingredient. Mm -hmm. Now, without mm -hmm. like giving away client stuff and closely held secrets. What's mm -hmm. the key? I'll give you the, yeah, I'll give you the broad spectrum of that. And that is to love yourself a hundred percent, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the whole kit and caboodle, right. not just the parts of you that you are willing to share on social media, or you're willing to share in a conversation, but love even the shit shows that you've had in the past or the right. crappy past or the, or the things that you think that you did wrong or that people did wrong to you. When you love all of it, that's when you have 100% pure self-love. And that's the foundation to, that you build off of in the healing journey is you, mm -hmm. I always start with self-love to love yourself completely. And then you build off of that. So then you build from, that forgiveness and truth and trust. And you just keep building off of that. So I always okay. share this with everybody. So the, th the first three self-love truth and forgiveness, those yeah. are not mine. I can't claim those. And I always give credit to where it came from and mm -hmm. where it came from was a book called the mastery of love. And mm -hmm. in the mastery of love, he talks about these three 
keys to healing. And he says that they were tested by our great masters, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, and mm -hmm. other masters like that. They tested them with people all over the world. And he describes like from Mexico to Egypt and all over the world. If you do these three keys, you heal the mind, the wounded mm -hmm. mind, the wounded body. So those credit to them. I use mm -hmm. them. And then I added trust okay. because trust is the biggest challenge that women share with me that they obviously struggle with coming out of toxic relationships and wanting to go into a relationship, but they don't trust themselves. They right. think I don't trust myself in choosing, you know, a good partner and they don't trust the, the person that they're sitting across from the table because they've been burnt so many times in the past. Right. So that's why I added trust and I teach women how to trust after what they've been through. Awesome. I yeah. love it. Just so that my listeners can understand what we're talking about, can you give some tips and red flags and things for dating people, women and men, to look for to avoid ending up in a toxic relationship or even a toxic friendship? Like, what are some of the things that should make you maybe take a step back and say, hmm? Maybe I need to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit or step away, sever ties, whatever it is. Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing that I always share with people is trust your gut. Just like mm -hmm. you said, like when you take a step back and you go, hmm, that mm -hmm. right there is mm -hmm. an indicator that this person that you're exchanging energy with mm -hmm. is toxic. But here's the thing. We make excuses for people. We ignore these red flags. We ignore our own intuition and our own gut feelings because if somebody looks good on paper, mm -hmm. like I say, like, like a resume, right? So yep. for, for dating purposes. So when a woman goes on a date and he looks like good on paper, meaning he's successful and he's handsome and you know, mm -hmm. all the check marks. Yep. Yep. But then you're having a conversation with him and just like what you said, you go, hmm, hmm. something's not aligning here. Something's not, I don't right. know what it is. And so what we do is we ignore that because, oh, it maybe it's me or I had a bad right. day or yeah, <laughs> yep. something. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's not him. Right. Yep. Exactly. That is exactly and, what we do. Exactly. And... The, the truth is, is that your body never lies to you mm. and your intuition is God. Yep. That's God speaking to you. That's God yep. nudging you and telling you, right? And we, when we ignore this because it doesn't make sense, oh, but he's so this and he's so that, and it just, right. it doesn't make sense. And, and when we ignore that and later on down the line, we go, oh, that's why. Right. That's why. Yeah. Now, do you, do you think that self-worth and self-esteem issues play a part in why some women and men are so willing to ignore the red flags? Absolutely. So I'll use myself as an example. When, when I got together with my then husband, I was a wounded person. I had childhood wounds that had not been given attention, didn't even know. I was wounded, right? Because growing up in my home, there was no, well, there wasn't the very little physical abuse, right? So yeah, there was yelling and screaming. But as a child, when you grow up, you think that's normal, right? Yeah. People fight, they argue, they disagree. And then when you grow up and you have these unhealed wounds, and by the way, there's not one of us on this planet that hasn't had some type of abuse growing up some right. level of abuse, right? So we grow up and we get into these relationships and like energy attracts like energy. This is scientific. Mm -hmm. So one wounded person is going to attract another wounded person. Right. Now, what most commonly happens is a person like me and my clients are very empathic. 
i.e. they're they're still wounded, but they attract narcissistic people who are, you could look at it more wounded than the empathic Mm. person, right? And the empath wants to save and rescue that person. And empathic people see the good. They refuse to see the bad. They see the good in that person, right? I know he has a kind heart. I know he's a good person. He's got potential. Yes, exactly. Don't fall in love with potential ladies. Do not. (laughs) It never works out. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the, the narcissist. So, so if you look at the two energies between the two people, one is a giver, one Mm -hmm. is a taker. Right. So even though it looks like opposites, they actually go together because two takers wouldn't come together because who would give. Right. And two givers wouldn't come together because who would take? Right. So the giver and the taker is actually a match, Hmm. but it's not a balance, right? In a healthy Hmm. relationship, there's giving and taking, but it's a balance on each side. Right. Where in this relationship, it's the giver's always giving. She's Mm -hmm. giving, or he, it could be a he, giving everything, giving her time, giving her everything, just giving, giving, giving never receiving and the takers always take, 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 taking Mm -hmm. and never Never giving. giving. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. All right. So can you really quickly, you use some terms that people may or may not be familiar with. Let's just assume they didn't listen to the first show, which they should have, but terms like love bombing, gaslighting, gaslighting is kind of to be a buzzword as is, narcissism Mm -hmm. and narcissistic behaviors not so much narcissistic abuse though but hoovering gaslighting love bombing those terms so that if people see it they'll be able to put a name to it so love bombing the best way for me to describe it is it's too much too soon Mm -hmm. it's too much too soon i was watching this documentary on showtime and it was called uh love fraud And it's about, it's a true story of this man who would meet these women online and he would quickly get into a relationship and and Mm -hmm. marriage and let's create a business together or let's move. Like, it's just too much too soon is the best way for me to describe it. Now, love bombing can continue on in the relationship. Like um, I heard somebody say the other day that her ex would love bomb her with vacations. Hmm. There's just so much that these narcissists do. Like it's just so, it's such a tangled web. Mm -hmm. The hoovering is what I was describing before where they come back around, like just think of like a helicopter hoovering over like Mm -hmm. a, a, right. They come back around and they, and they apologize profusely or, Hoovering's even like denying that there's a breakup. Right. Oh, We're not okay. broken up. She's she's just mad at me. We're not broken right. up. And then like I described in my story where they contact either either you or they contact like my ex did to my daughter to get to mm-hmm. me. And and then just come back around and paint this beautiful magical picture that if we get back together everything's going to be perfect. That's mm-hmm. the hoovering. And then the gaslighting is what I describe gaslighting is like, it's the, it's the ultimate manipulation. Right. And the term comes from the 1944 movie called gaslighting and it's a black and white film and it's, um, it's a husband and a wife and Mm -hmm. the wife is in this giant mansion house and the husband is flickering the lights and he's like making her sick. Like he's trying to convince her that she's sick, which gaslighting is convincing somebody of a lie. Okay. It's basically gaslighting. So he's flickering the lights. She's saying who's flickering the lights. And he's saying, what are you talking about? Nobody's flickering the lights. And when you doubt yourself, your own sanity, because you know, you saw the flickering lights, but somebody's telling you like, (laughs) you're crazy. You didn't see the flickering lights. And then you go, well, am I crazy? Right. That's gaslighting. Okay. okay. Got it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. See, take notes, people. No, nah, it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so 
I'm in a toxic relationship. I come to you, to your coaching website, and I say, let me link up with her. I'm, I'm feeling her vibe and energy. I think she can help me through this. What would you say to me as a client? What would your advice be, that process be? What would that coaching that person through and out of a toxic relationship and beyond look like? So when women reach out to me and they want to connect, you know, if they ask me a question or whatever, I respond and I ask them, I always ask. So Mm -hmm. the thing about what I've been through and how I understand what they're going through is I treat them with such kindness and respect. So Mm -hmm. I never insinuate or assume. I always ask, would you like support with this? If Mm -hmm. she says yes, then I say, okay, great. This is how we would start. And I send them a link and it's basically an application link, which has their name and their email and phone number. And I tell them the process, fill this out. And I will email you with some time slots where we can get on a heal your heart session. And it's Mm. a complimentary call. Okay. And then on that session, I go through some questions to get to know who she is, where she's at in life and what are her needs. And Mm. then I meet her where she's at. And then from there, I again, ask, would you like to hear about this offer? If she says yes, then I, then I offer her something. If she says no, I say, okay, great. It was nice talking to you and let's keep in touch. Here's some stuff, you know, my YouTube channel or whatever. And we go from there. Got it. Got it. Okay. So your typical client looks like what in terms of age? Who, who do you typically work with? Divorced women okay. who have children like college age. She's highly successful in her business. She, she has all the things and she's killing it in all of her areas of her life. It's just the relationship. She's like, can't figure out. She's like, what? Why? Because she's a good person. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's intelligent, but she can't figure out this relationship thing. Why does she keep circling back into bad relationships? Mm -hmm. So she's in her forties to fifties. Like I said, college age kids, highly successful. It's just this one piece in her life that she's just like kind of dumbfounded. And, And there's some you know, guilt and shame there too, because, because she's successful, because she's all of these things and can't like get it together in the relationship part that she doesn't want to, you know, talk about it or whatever. So she, this is the area that she needs help with. Okay. Is the relationships so that, because she wants to be married. She wants to experience what true love is. She wants to have a partner. She doesn't want to be alone for the rest of her life. Right. She wants to have a travel partner and all of those things. But like I was saying before, she doesn't trust herself that right. she'll pick a good partner. So there's this gap in between where she is and what she wants. And that's where I come in as I help her close that gap so that Got she can it. have all of it. And we can have all of it. Yes, we can. I want you to speak directly to a man or a woman that's going to hear this and is currently in a toxic relationship, knows that they are, wants to get out, but doesn't really know how, where to start, what to do? Well, I I would say to her to get support, find somebody that you can trust, a mentor, a therapist, a coach, somebody that you feel comfortable with, Mm -hmm. that you can sit down and have a conversation with and be able to work through this. Also, if somebody comes to me and they just want, you know, they're feeling really shitty and they need like a a quick release, then I would give her some either breathing techniques or um, a releasing exercise, something to help her immediately to feel better and get her also in a calm state. And that could look, you know, depending on it, the situation, it could look like even a phone call with her. I'll make room during the day to get on a call with her 
or if it's messaging back and forth via email or whatever, I'll give her some type of an exercise that she can do to help her release that out of her body so that she feels better. And now that the voicemail with the on Facebook and all of that, so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I don't have to text a thousand words. I can yeah. just yeah. push the button and give her a voicemail that she could hear my voice. And I've walked women through like a breathing exercise or a meditation just to get her in a calm space so that she can get some relief and get her mind like out of that brain fog and out of that craziness Mm -hmm. that's just kind of spiraling down so that she can think clearly and and make her next move. Yeah. And then have you ever had a client who needed your help to get out of a relationship? Like needed? Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've had several of those. Yeah. Okay. And is that yeah. typically, is that typically something that you do something that's on a rare occasion or. I mean, you know? I'll help any woman who wants help. Got it. <laughs> I don't, got it, got I don't it. discriminate. If she's still married and she needs help to get out safely and securely. Yeah. I'll help her. If she's dating, like the, like my ideal client that I described if she's, or my avatar, if she's dating and right. she keeps a dating a version of her ex, I'll help her as well. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And is that, that help looks different, I'm sure. Yes. Somebody that, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause they're out of it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be different for, you know, somebody that's, that's just dating. Like you're just mm-hmm. dating, leave him alone. Don't go out with him again. No. <laughs> right. Just somebody that's married and maybe has children and, and, all kinds of stuff, businesses, real estate, whatever, all tied together with this person. It can be a little more tricky. Yeah. And they're not typically violent, but they can be. So yes. there's always the, the concern about safety and, and those kinds of issues. So guys mm-hmm. just, you know, you have to have a plan. You have to have mm-hmm. a plan, have to have a plan mm-hmm. if you want out of a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. The client that I'm thinking of, the abuse was started off as emotional, but it was starting to escalate into physical. And Mm -hmm. that's when she contacted me. So she was a doctor, he's a doctor, and Mm -hmm. it escalated where he slapped her across the face and she contacted me. And so the thing was, they didn't have children, but they were married and she saw the abuse starting to, you know, get worse. And so she came to me and had not even told him that she wanted a divorce. And the tricky part was, is she had a large inheritance in a bank account in another country in her mother-in-law's name. So Hmm. she needed to get that money out of, not only out of that country where she's from, but out of her mother-in-law's name into her name. So that's part of the strategic planning that we did. We had, and this is the safe and security part, right? So we first worked on this to get that money out of the bank account. And so we put a plan together. We, we accomplished that. We got mm-hmm. it out. We got it into her name in here in the U.S. And then once that was safe and secure and she had been working on herself, right, mm-hmm. through the exercises and, and our private phone calls, then she was able to tell him that she wanted a divorce. And- I actually have a testimony from her that says that her divorce went smoothly from a narcissist, which is highly rare. (laughs) I was going to say that that just sounds like a, you know, you don't hear that together. No. Smooth divorce and narcissist. Right. um, Mm -hmm. Unheard of. Well, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to help her and that she's hopefully on her way to toxic free life and love. Oh, yeah. Um, so what's new in 2024 for Denise? Any new books, new projects? What you got going on? You know, I'm thinking this year is more of a speaking because I haven't spoken. I, I speak online and podcasts and things like that, but mm-hmm. not like in person because of all the, the stuff. And I'm thinking this year is is get on stage, get in front nice. of people, speaking. Nice. Yeah. And there is a book. There is another book 
it's in my Google Doc, okay. <laughs> in my head, in my Google Doc. Yeah. It has a title. It's it's all drafted out. It's just a matter of time of just sitting down and really putting it together. And I already have a publisher and you know okay. all the other things because I've done them before. It's just really putting it together. But yeah, there's another book coming down. And I want to do a book on female narcissists. Mm, yes, because they do exist. We they talk do. so much about the guys and that is overwhelmingly men. But there are female narcissists. Absolutely. I think I know one or two. I think I do too. <laughs> Please keep me posted on that and any speaking engagements that if you do a little tour or whatever, I would mm-hmm. love to support that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So we are at the point in the chat where we do 10 candid questions. Okay, let's do it. I love that drum roll. All right, 10 <laughs> candid questions. Super easy, 10 random questions that I picked from this huge retarded list that I found online. <laughs> Only rule is you have to answer them candidly right off the top of your head. Some of them require more thought than others, but, you know, kind of first thing that comes to your mind kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. first question, introvert or extrovert? Uh, I was an introvert, but clearly (laughs) I'm not anymore. (laughs) Uh -uh. No, you are not, ma'am. What would be the perfect birthday gift for you? Mm, time, time spent oh. with my loved ones. Yeah. Time. Nice. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Me too. Mm. What is the one thing that the world is lacking in your opinion? Brains. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to say it. Hey. <laughs> Oh, that's a good answer. That was the first, <laughs> first time anybody ever said that one. Most people say love or empathy or compassion. You were like brains. <laughs> we're in the great awakening and some people don't yeah, see it. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, yeah. wake up. All right. Yeah. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, fuck. <laughs> Mine too. Sometimes I mean, it's just... It just covers so much. Exactly. <laughs> it's so interchangeable. It's not yes. just it means one thing. It means like it's plethora of a, things. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's my fave. Um, all right. How would you like to be remembered? Mm, by what I'm leaving, the legacy I'm leaving behind by helping people heal from abuse. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm sure you will. Dogs or cats? Dogs. If absolutely dogs. Uh-huh. What is one question you wish that I had asked you during our chat? And what would your answer have been? Hmm. Um that you stumped me on. <laughs> um oh, okay. A uh, question about my healthy relationship, my husband. Ah. And how I would answer it is. Uh, you know, the story of how we met and fell in love. And then in June of 2020, in the beginning of the pandemic, had a gorgeous North Carolina beach wedding with 100 guests. And it was amazing. It was such a fun wedding and how I manifested. I mean, just manifested so much. Yes, I, I think that's so beautiful. After 22 plus years I'm sure of BS you deserve it so much so I'm so happy for you thank you all right is there anything else you want to tell my listeners but haven't had the chance to during our chat I would say you know to be kind and patient with yourself during this time and that no matter what you've been through you can create a life after narcissism, an amazing life after narcissism. You can be happy. You can have healthy love, a fun love. You can live out the rest of your life in a dream. Absolutely. 
Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a chance to say that. And final question. Final question is always the same. How can my listeners connect with you, reach you if they want to avail themselves of your services or just maybe have a consultation call? How can they find you? Trueloveaftertoxiclove.com. That's my website. And there's all the social media links. There's the email. They can email me and then we can converse and then we'll set up a time and they can have a heal your heart session. Nice. There it is. Thank you so much. We are unfortunately at the end of our time, but I I honestly can't tell you how awesome and just awesome our chat has been. It's just like talking to one of my good, good girlfriends. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. It's, it's, you know, it's evening. I'm sure hubby probably needs some of your time. So, but this was an important conversation. I wanted to drill down and have one-on-ones with you and the other ladies that was on the show, just so Mm -hmm. people could number one, hear it again, you know, repetition kind of makes stuff sink in. And number two, absolutely. So they could know your story, know about the work that you do, and hopefully get some resources to get whatever help they need. Yes. Oh, I wish you so much continued success in whatever you do. I really, really do. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing what you do in the world, because what you do is so beautiful and important. And I'm so grateful to be here on your platform and share this message. Thank you so much, Denise. And guys, of course, Denise's contact information will be in the show notes when the episode posts. But I got to say what I always say at the end of every episode. I want all you guys to keep it safe, keep it healthy, and keep it candid. to do this.